You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. Today we're sitting down with a devoted mother, collector, artist, and she is single-handedly taking care of her darling toy army. Welcome to the show, Cute Kitsch. Welcome. We are so excited. I'm so excited. I feel like I've been dreaming. It's stupid. I feel like I daydream about talking about Russians with people who like don't know much about them. I talk about them with my toy collectors all the time, but we don't talk about like information right. or like right. history. Like they know all that stuff already. So I've been waiting for this moment in my life that I'm finally <laughs> famous and popular and people want to talk to me. Um, yeah, I, I, ha- I purposefully did not do any Russian research. Okay. Before your Whoa. episode. I bet that was hard. So hard. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you know me, this is a Herculean feat. It's all it's all in one place. It's all on the website. You could have just went there. I know, but I was like, <laughs> I want to get all of my surprise and my <gasps> on. I want it to be first here and not laying in my bed with melatonin going, oh, <laughs> Oh my God. Say, were you just sitting there staring at the scene? Like, so I did sleep? go to sleep. <laughs> go. What the other normal people do. And I looked up the owners of the company on familytree.com to see their lineage. Cause that's not going to reveal anything. Cause that's, uh, that's normal. So yes, thank you for, uh, I love, first of all, nerd brains. And I love people that like zone in on stuff because I get it. I, I get it so much. So when you were actually referred to us or sent to us as a, I would say request, but also part of a threat of like, if you don't. Uh, we did get a little bit of a threat. Little threat. Oh, I love it. So uh, I was like, okay, we got we to gotta reach out. We to were her. also like, well, maybe she doesn't want to. And she's like, I don't care. Put her mm-hmm. on. And I'm like, oh. So here we are. And for those of you that are just turning in or not familiar with Cute Kit, she is a self-identified Rushton mini expert. I say expert because I think she's an expert in it. She <laughs> yes. will not say that. So I am, <laughs> I am so excited to have a Russian heavy episode with you today. <laughs> oh, me too. I'm so excited. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. And, you know, on most episodes of the Mothball Prophecies, you know, we want to know, like, how somebody got their start in their special interest, right? Like, and you specifically have kind of always existed in the world of toys, right? Yep. So yes. Tell me about that. Tell us about that. All right. So I've always just been collecting toys. It started off with um, like Japanese toys because I like cute stuff. So all Japanese modern, Hello Kitty, Sanrio, all those cutie kawaii stuff. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And then it kind of went into also 90s toys from my childhood because they all get thrown away. So Japanese and 90s toys. And I'm always just looking for more toys to collect. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I go on eBay to look. And occasionally they'll, in your search results, they'll throw in other toys, like random toys. And that is when I saw my first Rushton toys. I didn't really care about them. They weren't interesting Mm -hmm. to me. I didn't like them. They were weird. Their faces were weird. I was like, this (laughs) is weird. I don't love it. I appreciate it Mm because it's a weird, interesting toy, but I don't want them. So I continued on with my little kawaii toy mission. And then, um, 
one day a Russian toy popped up and I was like, oh, she's really cute. Should I get her? I'll just get her. I got her. And then that changed everything for me. I don't even buy Japanese toys anymore. I mean, I will eventually. (laughs) If the opportunity presents itself. But like she, her face and her cuteness just did something to me. And it, I just became obsessed and it became everything I wanted. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. I had to buy a whole bunch more. I don't know. She changed me. She did something to me. What was your first rush did? Um, sh- would you like me to show you? Please? Well, yes. Yes, right. we do. See her. Okay. I, I call her. Well, my first Russian was actually, I, I, Put them into categories. There's the rubber face Russians, and then I call the other toys that don't have a rubber face. I call them soft toys. Oh, so all right. My first Russian was actually a soft toy, <gasps> Sleepy Lamb. Oh my but my God. first rubber face toy, call her my firstborn because she's literally a baby. <gasps> my baby. Oh, oh my hell. And and her face, I just had her on the shelf, and I would just get ready, and I would just stare at her, and was like, Oh my God, she's just so cute. I just love her, and she changed my whole life. So there's oh. my child. Okay. She's so cute. She's cute. Like a mixture of like a bunny and a who and also yes. a baby. Yes. So, oh my yeah. God. Is that little blonde <laughs> curl like synthetic hair? Like is it or is it um, oh, rubber? Her, yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, fake hair. Oh, cute. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> little baby. Yeah. Wow. I get it. I like, I am currently looking directly up at a uh, rabbit fur cat with a fake hat so that somebody got us because we made a joke on the show last year about sophisticats because i was joking about these cats so yeah the stupid face gets me every time we we fondly refer to things like this as stupid little idiots in yeah. the most term of endearment way yeah because i would just, always oh, I'm I'm sorry, i would cheeks. always say like I would say I would call her dumb cheekies. I just said they oh. were so stupid and cute, and I just loved them. Her stupid dumb cheekies. I just I found love. So. Those are the kind of cheeks that make an old lady go. I just want to eat your cheeks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just want to chomp on them. Which, if you've ever held an infant, those little. I'm that old lady. I'm revealing myself. I'm it's kidding. me. <laughs> it's me. Hide your children, everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love that it started so innocently, right? She just like spoke to you and was like, cause I am like a firm believer in like the shit that's supposed to live in your house is going to find you wherever it is. And so the fact that she was like, hi mom. Hi. Take me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't know. Yeah. She just changed my whole life. So <laughs> love it. Well, in, <laughs> like the nineties were a pretty crazy time for toys. There was a lot of new toys that were introduced in the nineties. Like I was scrolling today. Like there was like some, you know, like Buzzfeed fucking list or something. That's like nineties toys that are long forgotten. I was like, for who? <laughs> Cause I remember <laughs> them, but it was like, just like, do you remember? I, I, I saw the name of them. They were the little plastic, like skulls and like ghosts. And they came in a mystery pack. And they looked like pieces of chewed gum, but they were like, they were really innocuous. They were like in the same time of Pogs and the Street Fighter Sharks. Do you remember those? Yeah, I remember the Street Fighter Sharks. Jill's a little outside of the 90s toy realm. She had the 80s toys. Not a lot. But at the time I was getting a Betty Spaghetti doll, you would have been in high school. I loved Betty Spaghetti. That That was also a big part of my childhood. I loved Sailor Moon, so I made Sailor Moon characters out of my Betty Spaghetti. My sister and I would play every day after school. Smart. (laughs) I had one Betty Spaghetti, and I 
we used to go do Christmas Eve at my grandma's house. <laughs> and my mom was like, you have to leave your toys at home or something. I had snuck the bag yes, spaghetti my doll My mom over. used to tell me to leave my toys at home, too. I was like, bitch, I just got this. I'd be like, why? But I remember distinctly the smell of the Betty spaghetti when she came out of the plastic because she was all plastic. And her like long noodle spaghetti. I don't remember that. No. I loved no. her. But did you? So I just picture you and I being like the same child because it's just too many coincidences <laughs> did you have like what were your favorite toys growing up and playing with like what were you really into betty spaghetti for sure that was uh, i can't believe you brought that up that was a huge part of my childhood i still have my main betty spaghetti <gasps> sarah Marina. you want you want to she's missing a meatball in her hair but do you want to see her <laughs> yeah because yes. i need to see this because you need yes so betty spaghetti was like We'll have to cover Betty in the curio. Yeah, I wrote her down. But Betty was just, oh my God. So like she was supposed to have the other meatball bead hair. Uh-huh. Her, you know. But yeah, there she is. And put all, she was wearing all pink. So, you know, cause she's I, Serena. That's pretty cute. So it's like this like caricature <laughs> of a person, but all of her body is like PVC plastic. Nice. Yeah. So her hair's. Like, cool. You can yeah. bend her leg and stuff. But that's why she's, because she's. Betty Spaghetti. And <laughs> see, Betty Spaghetti. And like her her hair is made out of that same fucking shit that like remember those bracelets that you would like oh, do yeah, the yeah. four and you'd make mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the box shape. Wow. We're going down this is memory the perfect lane. Christmas episode. I know. Oh, it really is. She was a, she was a present. But I was like I have uh now that we know that I have ADHD, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> that I hyperfixated on so many things as a kid. And would just get like one toy that I would obsess over and then move forward. And I was the only girl with two brothers at the time. And so it was like all of the boy toys, right, that they were playing with. And then my room was like hyper feminine, which I was not hyper feminine as a child. (laughs) But it was like I had a white picket fence border painted all around my room with butterflies and flowers that my mom hand painted. If you ever wonder where it comes from. And I had all this stuff, but I remember having like the, I always haven't had an inkling for stupid little idiots. Like the, and I was in love with Japanese toys at an early age too. Hello Kitty and Sanrio and all of that also. So it's like, it's a natural progression for us to now go. <laughs> I mean, where we're we at. all start somewhere. Yeah. And you had a very interesting childhood. What, just with what your mother did for a living? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, that was more when I was becoming a teenager. Um, she started playing with tarot cards. And then eventually she started doing readings at a pagan Wiccan store. And so because I had nothing to do, I was just a dumb kid. <laughs> I would go there, I, I don't know, once a week or maybe more than once a week and just hang out. So she'd be sitting there waiting for people to pay for her services. And I'd read books and I'd look at candles and oils and stones and literally everything. I would even work there a little bit. Um, And I just started learning about that world. And that became my life and my world with my mom for a while. Mm -hmm. When did you like, when did you start to step back a little bit from that as a practice? Mm, I would say in my early 20s. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel I um, dabbled in all that too growing up, right? We grew up in a hyper conservative area. And so it was just kind of like, well, what's this, right? And I still lean heavily into that realm of spirituality and a big 
believer in like things kind of being put in your path and signs and all of that. Like, right. All theologies are really not that different. Right. You know, but I just have always like have this thing of like, you know, what's going to happen? You know, what is being already, you know, put in motion mm-hmm. is what it's supposed to be. And it's been a nice like the last year kind of revisiting that mindset of not like not only manifesting, but watching for things that are being <clears throat> told to me and you know, all of those things. Cause you, so you, did you grow up in the Midwest? Is that where you're from and grew up? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. My, uh, family originally lived in Minnesota and Michigan and then moved this way. So my heart also resides in the Midwest, but not. Yeah. I really miss all the cheese, (laughs) (laughs) but not the winter. I, I, there's thing, there's things that I just cannot get here, and there was good cheese over there. So mm-hmm. there was, and there was really big grocery stores full of tons of stuff from like farmers and everything. And it's like I come here, I, you just don't get that experience here. I can't find no. these big grocery stores. Well, they're all really expensive, and they just don't. It's like all the same stuff. I just, it kind of sucks. I'm, I'm having grocery store struggles being in Florida. So yeah, I couldn't imagine going from a largely agricultural farm area like and moving to somewhere subtropical and not even the same type of stuff is farmed. Like you're getting all the shit that we're like, Ooh, this is exotic. If you get good oranges in the North, (laughs) you know, and now it's to that whole flip and even just palates and what people are and that culture too, completely different culinarily. Yes. Yeah. But I the winters are probably much better. Yeah, it's warm out, but I'll be honest, I'm I miss the cold. I miss fall. It doesn't feel like the holidays. Mm. It kind of sucks. It's yeah. my first year. It's my first year, like my first full year being here. So it's an adjustment, but it's like yeah. it's warm out and there's palm trees. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where? <laughs> I know. I always, I always wondered as a kid when I would like see a movie that was like in California, right? And they were like Christmas morning, and they go like up a green lawn, and I was like, "What? Yeah, that's how I had Christmas." Jill grew up in that. I know. I enjoyed it here. It's like everybody's like, "I just we need Christmas snow," and I'm like, "No, we don't. Not Christmas without. We don't actually. If it's fifty degrees, that is Christmas to me." (laughs) Jill starts start fist fights in Costco later. I am. That's what I do. That's that's how we roll. But yeah, it is. Uh, we just barely got snow the other day. That's why we're both in. Uh, well, Jill took her beanie off, but the basement because my house is old. It was built in the fifties. It's not very well insulated, so in the winter time, the basement is chilled. So we both were apprehensive because it's very <laughs> cold outside about what the basement temperature uh-huh. was going to be. Yeah, you got you got to dress in layers when uh-huh. we do interviews during the winter. Yeah. I like a nice sweater. It's like a nice hug. It's cozy. It makes Mm -hmm. you feel safe. Mm -hmm. True. I like it. Nice blanket around you. Yes. We usually have vintage Afghans. We usually do. Because we bought heated blankets and they died like six weeks later. (laughs) This is just the end of the year recap of everything. So when did like, when did you decide? Because you got your first rest in. Then where did it go from there? Um. Then I actually started doing research on Rushton's. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know anything about the Russian world. And I just bought this one randomly and then she changed everything. And then I started going on Google and looking at photos of Rushton toys. This is where I get mad. I told you in the email because (laughs) everyone, I could, there's no one place I could find any information on Rushton's. It was Tumblr, it was Pinterest, it was all these websites. Oh, all these rubber face toys. I think it's Rushton. These are Rushton. And as I started to study the photos more, I realized 
that's this does not look the same as this other toy. I think these are different toys. You guys mm-hmm. are confusing me and everyone. So I started getting pissed off on the internet. And as I continued to look for the kind of rubber face toys that I wanted, I started saving tons of photos. And then I thought, I'm going to make a website because you guys, I hate all of you and you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going to show <laughs> all of you that you're wrong and I know things. Mm-hmm. So, um, like we're yeah, gonna put this bitch at the top of Google so that everybody yes. knows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that I realized how rampant vintage misinformation was until I was like fully in the community. Of even just now seeing something listed on Facebook Marketplace, it'll have like four names that like relate to the type of thing it is. Mm-hmm. And I find That's- this. I go actually. No, people don't know what the, okay, my partner, because he's super into like gothic stuff. And then everyone online wants to label gothic things because gothic is a type of architecture. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, it's black and it's purple. It has baths on it. Therefore, it's gothic. Everyone wants to label everything the wrong thing right. just so that maybe it'll show up mm-hmm. in search results. But mm-hmm. it's like no one really knows what they have or what this item is. So it confuses everyone. And then no one knows what they have. Yeah. You're just... Yeah, it's yeah. And it, you know, and then there's the people that are vintage civilians that are just, you know, like, this is it. Like, they'll look at something old and they go antique rare. And then it's like a metal filing cabinet. Yeah, anything yeah. that's old is automatically old and vintage, and I'm like, that's a piece of shit. Is mm-hmm. what you yeah, are selling, Yeah, and it's sir. and it's worth lots of money too. So. Yes, I today <laughs> I went to your Etsy, and you know, Etsy gives suggestions, and um, it was. It said world's rarest beanie baby. <laughs> and it was listed on Etsy for $50,000. Oh my God. And I went, Alec, what is money laundering for $50,000? Because <laughs> what? It wasn't even like, it's just somebody's bedroom. But I was like, I mean, you gotta. You well, gotta, which, which beanie baby was it? A dragon, which I don't think is the rarest. I think it's no, like the point- bowl or like Princess Diana. We've covered yeah, this. I was going to say, it's. Pr- isn't- yeah, the Etsy person. I had the Princess Diana one. <gasps> Did you? But but I've lo- I've looked her. I've looked up some of these Beanie Babies just because I was like, these prices are crazy. I just need to see if they're actually going for that much. Mm-hmm. There's lots of sellers selling those Beanie Babies for way cheaper. Some people are just they're looking. Did you have the old Beanie Baby handbook where it told you in the future how much that toy was going to cost in so many years? And I was like, we're all like, wow, we're going to be rich. This is amazing. <laughs> now they're worth nothing because everyone has them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like everywhere you went as a kid was Beanie Babies. Craft fair, baking sale. Like everybody had yes. a booth of Beanie Babies they were selling. And my mom would never fucking bought them. Oh, my mom bought them all. <laughs> all of them. Like, we'd go to a store and you could only, like, if they had released, like, five new ones, you could Mm -hmm. only get one of them. So my mom would give me and my sister money and we would have to get a different one from her so we could at least get some of them. And I'm just, I hate fucking Beanie Babies. Yeah. Hate them with a passion. Yeah. Does she still have them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hey, you know, the world's going to burn and you're going to need Beanie Babies (laughs) to barter with. So maybe that was the written and time i don't know but like she has this huge wicker basket full of them i don't of know if she still has them because i told him i was like just get rid of them mom just throw them away uh yeah it's with cardboard boxes and i made little like tree homes and stuff for my beanie babies so they could live in a house and oh. have fun because you know they have feelings and i care about their feelings so. <laughs> <laughs> you know they actually okay all disparagement to beanie babies aside right now with the youth 
Okay. <laughs> I only say this. I work with a darling 20-year-old. She just turned 20. And she will come into work wearing the shit that I wore as a kid mm. and is collecting the things and seeking out the things that I played with as a child. Oh, does she need Beanie Baby? So here is my, my speculated. Is, is this the next kitsch? Is this the next generation? Like Beanie Babies, are they going to be the thing that people are like going crazy for because they're two generations removed from the initial downpour? Uh, you are in- making me feel very old right Listen, now. Listen, just, I just sold one of my old Powerpuff Girl shirts that I used to wear as a kid. It was, it still fits an adult. It still fit me, but I sold it on eBay and people were bidding on it. it went up to like 40 something dollars. I was like, wow, you guys still really want this stuff. Yeah. This girl that I work with had, uh, Handmade on Etsy, resin finished, Twilight DVD cover earrings. Oh, God, stop. And Twilight shirts and shit. And I'm like, bitch, if I would have known, I would have. <laughs> but it's like, it's interesting, right? Because, and then like going through Target last night, like I got the Super Mario shirt I'm wearing. And then there was a Wu-Tang shirt. And I was like, well, I have to get that. But it was, and then there was like the original Chicago Bulls logo. Oh, whoa. So like the 90s are back in a big way for this. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what else leaks into that pop culture and like sells well, which I loved the Powerpuff Girls also. That Me was, too. Oh my yeah. God. I love them. They're, I, I they got- were one of my favorites. I got Powerpuff Girl tree ornaments on my tree. Mm. They got little Christmas hats on them. Oh, look how cute you are. Oh my God. Yeah. See, I still, I still love them. See, I love it. Um, so we were talking about Russian, but I wanted to bring up, (laughs) I know I'm sorry. We're just like going off everywhere. This is how we do. This is how excited we are to talk to each other. (laughs) This would be how it would be in real life. Um, I do want to mention one thing that bears repeating every couple of episodes, which is if you are looking for something on eBay for a price point of what it is going to sell for, do not go off of the listings that are active. No. You need to go over to the little dots. You need to click those and push sold. And it's going to give you a list of when they sold for, how recently they sold, the conditions. Mm -hmm. If you are reselling... Or you're looking something up or a family member asks you to look something up, go off of those prices and not the $50,000 Beanie Baby price because... And sometimes, you know, depending on the time of year too, will reflect the price of something that's being sold. Right now, Rushton Santa's, because it is this time of year, are going for way more than what they would normally sell for in the Santa's off season. Mm -hmm. This is true. Yes. So there's Soapbox Corner. I will remove myself. (laughs) So you started this website as the same reason I would start a website, to be like, listen, shit asses, this is what it is. (laughs) And then the the Rushton progression just kept going. So... Then you, you, it sounds like you kind of pivoted and now you were like, let's rush in it all out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my, my I guess my, my love for Rushton just grew even more as I started this whole journey of the website and learning about Mary and then just loving Mary and wanting to know about her. It, it didn't just become about the toys anymore. Then it became about her. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, and on the website, I did include, um, you know, some other rubber face toy brands just so that people could look and they could compare mm-hmm. and I include a little bit of information on them too but the main focus is still rushed in. which I think that's brilliant to have in one place right to have here what this is and hear what this is and then I'm assuming you probably have comparisons and things like that too like yeah yeah 
That's very, very smart. So let's, because I didn't, I didn't really do any research. <laughs> let's start at the beginning of the Rushton Toy Company. Who is okay. Rushton? And I'm assuming it's a last name, right? So it's Mary's last name when she marries um, her husband, because his last name was Rushton. So she started her toy company. Well, early 1900s, there wasn't an exact date, but uh, when they were in when it, World War One, there was no toys for children. So she created a toy and gave it to a neighbor, and it became so popular that all the other kids wanted one. So she started making toys, and then she quit. I think she was doing um, like some kind of commercial artist commercial job. She quit that, and then she just started making toys. Her name was Mary Waterman Phillips, wow. and so her company name was. I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but it was like Mawafil dolls. That's every time I've seen that name because I've seen it. That's mm-hmm. how my brain says it. Yeah, Mawafil. It's like it's like M A for Mary and W A for water, uh, water Mary Waterman, and then Phillips like P H I L. It's it's a combination of like all her names in one yeah. name, and that that became her her company name. That's what she sold her dolls under. I wondered where it came from originally because I was like, is this a mashup of like husband, wife name or kids names? But I love that it's, she's just like, no, this is my name. Be Here like, this go. is my yeah. company, bitches. This is my name. <laughs> and the first doll she made were like the stocking dolls, right? Yes. So, yes. So, and again, once again, a lot of people will um, mark those as, God, what was the other really popular stocking doll? Um, I'll Google it, I, you think. I can't remember it now. And I know it too. Because there was one really popular brand, and so everyone refers to as all stocking dolls to. Yeah. So okay, we found it after much deliberation. <clears throat> yeah, and I had said during our little pause, um, this was because of the importation stopping because of the First World War. This also yeah. affected lots of other imports, like glass Christmas ornaments from Austria and Germany. In Poland, like all of that affected the importation coming here, and that's where you start to see the beginnings of American made Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that she's also, cause these dolls, these stockinette dolls really do mimic dolls that were being made in Europe at the time. Very simple fabric, non blinky mm-hmm. dolls, which struck me as the fact that they were still kind of the same price point between a bisque doll and a fabric doll. I believe so. That I was surprising. I that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't, I wasn't alive. I can't. I I wasn't either. (laughs) I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old, guys. So she starts making these dolls kind of out of a hobby, right? She was like, I I really love this. She's creative. And then it starts to take off under the Mawa Phil name, right? Yes. Yes. And then we, and this is, I didn't realize her company had ran for so long when I did my like Wikipedia definition search. Mm -hmm. And to start with these fabric soft dolls, and then they moved into a little bit more kitsch, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. A little more kitsch, but still no rubber face. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the 40s, they were still doing their their soft toys. And then it became, because again, I don't have exact dates, um, but I know that in the early 50s, they started producing their first rubber face toys. And they were not like the the, the usual toys that we're, we're seeing there, the quality is not as good. The paint job is not as great. The rubber is weird. It kind of gets discolored, but they start in the early fifties with the rubber. Finally. It's, it's very interesting too. Cause I was um, scanning some of like the 
toys that you had on your website, right? Just looking at the the timeline, I guess. Oh, and yeah, the timeline section, yeah. It was a very interesting pro- progression to see not only, like, the painting switch, but the sculpt of the faces. Yes, yes. Because she was also... The sculpting also- of the faces was so... It was more simple. Then they got more extreme, more character, more mm-hmm. um, anthropomorphic. Very much say. so. Yeah. When did... So, it was Mary and her daughter, White... Right? I think Ella. Ella. Ella was Ella. okay. Yeah. So she was working in conjunction with her daughter. Yes. Who who started the rubber face movement? Because I was Mary interested in that, or were they just following the time? I'm not sure, sure you know the answer. See, that. that's one of the things I don't know. <laughs> Is it my brain thinking out loud? Because it's a it's a right turn, like hard ninety yeah. degree from soft toys to. And rubber at the time was, I mean, very new and mostly used in war effort. Yeah, I was trying to think like maybe uh, there was like a movement of that in the toys period. And mm-hmm. so they were trying to catch on early, yeah. maybe to get ahead of the... Because you had some rubber in the late Victorian era, right? Early 1900s. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting rubber tubing and different things like this. And then we're kind of discovering it all over the world and now using it in literally every household thing. And it could yeah. be cleaned and sanitized and, you know, kids smush on faces of toys. It's just pure rubber face I speculation. Mean, I know. Now we're just like, we're so, just making it up, guys. And Russian is based in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. Yes. Okay. Or, well, I'm assuming so. I think that's where she spent all of her life. Because mm-hmm. um, of some of the history I still don't know. So I'm I'm just guessing. It's foggy. And they're not going to come back. Well, and, and that's us. what... Um, Feral Cat had said her grandma was from was the South. Yes, that's right. Her grandma lived in Georgia. Yeah. So in um, the previous week's episode to this one, we talk with Erin, Feral Cat, about her Rushton Santa and her history with the Rushton stuff. And she found out pretty late in life yeah. that her grandmother was a painter for Rushton. And she said that she would, her grandmother would go and pick up like a thousand faces at a time. From the factory. Yeah. And go home and paint. And there would just be various stages of terrifying Russian faces that her dad grew up with in the house that she was painting. Yeah. Yeah. And she (laughs) said, yeah, she lived in Georgia and she would go and get a shipment. Like, I can't remember what she said, but. Pretty frequently. Yeah. I just could see her like, like making little faces like Mm -hmm. all night long, Mm -hmm. like while the kids were sleeping or something. Yeah. But. And I found it interesting that there were painters outside of the factory yeah i didn't and this is all new to me i just assumed all the work was done in the factory and i thought you're telling me that they're taking them home now i want i want to know more i need to know more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you'll have to message her after this and just say hey just talk to sam let's talk yeah yeah she'll be into it she'll totally love it if not aaron you're in trouble you're grounded um (laughs) so we have this we have this family run thing but I don't feel like Russians really took off in popularity until the late 50s, early 60s. Is that right? I would say, yeah, it, maybe after 55, mm-hmm. their, their toys started to change. I think they did get more popular. They started producing more. I'm, I'm assuming based off of, you know, the, the timeline, the mm-hmm. quality of the toys. And um, I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah. And this is when they start to kind of also 
link up with other big companies at the time and do like promotional runs of toys. Cause I've seen some of those like on eBay when I search rushed in. Are you talking about like Zippy the monkey? Yeah. They had the monkey. They've had, they yeah. did some Disney stuff. Didn't they? I know. No, no, no I don't Disney think was the other. That was Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker did a lot of Disney stuff. But the, yeah, the rubber faces were really like in every, every, every client that I have, I'm a hairdresser that, was alive during this time when I tell them about rubber face toys and them being collectible, they all kind of go like, oh, I played with those as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And then and I'm like, where are they? <laughs> do you still have them? <laughs> where are they hiding? <laughs> do you want to give them to me? I'll, I'll, can you sell them to me for a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a free haircut. There you go. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good trade. I'll barter it out. So tell us a little bit about um, Mary's process or their process in like, creating a rushed and was she sculpting the faces was that her doing that i'm not 100 percent sure i go based off of a photo that someone sent me it's her sitting i'm assuming like her little workspace and she is working on it looks like clay um like a monkey face oh, oh sorry i saw something weird it said you're about to raise your hand oh, um, oh. <laughs> i don't know what that is <laughs> raise All the right. roof <laughs> So I'm assuming, because, you know, her daughter worked with her as well. So I'm assuming Mary did a lot of the sculpting of the face, but her did her daughter also have a part in it mm -hmm. too? Did there was someone else helping her or was it just all her creation? Did she make all the faces? Did she come up with all the designs? So it's like, that's still, those are still things I don't know that I wish I could know. I'm just going to, I'm just guessing that she made all the faces. Yeah. That's I mean, it would them. make sense. Well, considering, yeah. I mean, she had the artistic background, right? Mm -hmm. She always loved creating yeah. things. It is only logical that she was also, and they, they do have a feminine touch to them in the design aspect of yeah, like was... the soft features and the doe eyes. Like if you played with dolls gr growing up, that's kind of the ideal mm -hmm. like face you want to look into. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, tell me a man made this. Right. <laughs> Nobody's going to say your name directly, Schmidt Nobly. But it was like somebody glanced at an item and then were like, yeah, that's what it looks like. But not saying that they're not cute, but the distinction is. Yeah, there's a very, you can tell, it, like you said, it's a more feminine touch to the mm -hmm. faces. And I love that it was a mother daughter duo that was doing these things. And I can only speculate that her daughter was also like, mom, we got to get in print. We got to start printing some ads. We got to. We got to create this. We got to create that. And then that's where the line really expands. So because there's so many toys, will you cover just a few of your favorites of their, like what they look like, like a couple of your favorite little babies? Oh, of my, of my toys. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So we did, I did discuss this in the email a little bit. One of my Holy grail items. I really love her cause I really love cats. It's my kitty. Oh, my God. Valentine's Day kitty. Her face things. is so cute. She's got the dumb, cute cheekies, uh -huh. too. So it's this white cat with these pink little ears, a little bow, and a bow around her neck with hearts Ooh. on it. I dropped her. Pretend like that didn't it's happen. Okay. She <laughs> didn't. Okay. She's fine. She bounces. She, I was just um, going to say. There are little hearts <gasps> in her ear. It's a Valentine's oh, Day cat. So she has little, oh little hearts. Oh, my gosh. Why are you so cute? See, this I know, is a big deal for though. Jill. Jill's not a doll lovey. Well, these are cute. I know. I'm because they're not all dolls. I'm happy for so, you. So 
I would like to say that I think I do pick, I do buy the cuter, cuter ones because some of them can be really weird. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why people love them because they're creepy and they're scary and they have like a a weird cult following of their creepiness. Mm -hmm. But I try to kind of go for like the cuter ones. I really like the skunk personally. I know it's not a favorite. Oh, look at that. Oh my God. That was, I, I'll be real. I don't hate the skunk anymore, but I kind of hated the skunk. I kind of <laughs> did not like the skunk. Another one I didn't love was the cow because the face is so oh, I love her. <laughs> okay, the cow has the look as if she either just ate a delicious meal, smoked some really good weed, I, yeah. or farted. And she's so happy. Like she had like a big one in there and she just like, like, oh, oh that's nice. Kind of like the half eye closed. <laughs> yeah. That, oh. that kind of the weird one. Yeah. Kind of the weird ones. And then some people think the bunnies are creepy. These are really t- tame um, compared to some of the other bunnies that like look like they're maybe going to murder you in the middle of the night. But there's. The <laughs> yeah. Okay. The sass. That one. Yeah. And then very, very. That little puppy. Ones. Yeah, I love the puppy. He's adorable. So cute. Oh, my God. Okay, the cat is like, the cat is actually a drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) The cat is somebody that's going to read your outfit to your face. Her name is Dinah. Uh Uh-huh. She's going to let you know how she feels because she, (laughs) she's got no nonsense kitty cat. One, and I would say this is one of the weirder ones that a lot of people get freaked out by. It's Scrappy, the crying bear. Oh, is that Jill? No, no. I have to have my mom send me a picture. You text her right now. Yes. Oh, she'll probably so you have, the, you have the pouting bear. Oh, it's by Knickerbocker. And then you have Scrappy, which I think the face is just amazing. You know, you know why Scrappy's so sad? Because his mom got his bangs. That's why he's so sad. I didn't want bangs, mom. Mom. I didn't want bangs. My favorite, and I know it's like a very well, so there's two now that have moved to my new Rushton list. The pink Santa. I just, okay. super rare, but also just dorky and so cute. And of course the octopus. The octopus has been on my list for a long time. Oh, oh girl. And I know I you have one. one. For so long. <gasps> Look oh, at that idiot. Look at him. Oh. He's so cute. He's amazing. Take a little hat off. Oh, look at oh he's got a little cap. sailor hat. So it's just a rubber head on top of an octopus body, and he I has a collar. Like a You're sailor collar. You're paying thousands of dollars for the rubber head. Yes. And it's, it's hollow. He squishes his head. Oh, my God. I love but he's him. But got, he's got all the cool arms, so. I uh, are, are, Okay, are there wire in the arms or are they soft floppy? They're just soft floppy arms. Oh, wow. I love that. Wow. Look at him. Wow. Yeah, because so Rushton's cute. are, I guess we you know, should say yeah, this. Yeah, there you go. They are rubber face toys with soft plush bodies. Yeah. Which. Well, well, I would say the body isn't always so soft. Sometimes it's like um, very firm. It's I wouldn't, I still wouldn't give it to a child. It's yeah. kind of hard. This is we and wonder then, why our parents don't like have a lot of affection. It's because they were taught to hug a rock with a rubber face. Just kidding, my parents. And then don't listen, so when you start getting into the seventies, um, the toys they're filled with like like if you go to a carnival and you win a prize and it's like that weird like styrofoam like crunchy. Yeah, the toys start having filling like that later. Oh. So it's it's just not friendly and nice. I wonder why that change happened. Like, was it a supply issue? 
Was it like I I know that later, uh, maybe it was the late seventies and eighties. They started making their toys in Korea, I believe. It was Korea, Korea, or Thailand. They started having them manufactured over there. So you can tell the fur, the, the quality, it's just not as great anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the tags will say, you know, assembled in Haiti. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. This makes sense. Um, and then they kind of just rushed and fell kind of off the face of the earth in the eighties. Yeah. Because Mary died. There's always two dates. It's either 1984 or 1983. She died. Mm-hmm. And then the company was gone. Wow. Oh. Which is, yeah. uh, it's always interesting when something like that happens, right? The company. Because her daughter would have been not older, but retirement age. Yeah. At I, that time. I, she died. I think she died in, God, I just looked it up to either, maybe it was early 2000s. Mm-hmm. She died. So it wasn't that long ago, but she was still alive. Oh, wow. It's in, And it's still interesting that there's not a lot of information about it. No, it's so interesting to me, and I wonder too. Like at this time, like you know what you should do, and then we can keep this or cut this. So there was a podcast I listened to um, with Billy Jensen. He's a cold case like journalist where he works on solving old murders and things like this. And what he would do to find out information about a murder is he would set targeted ads on Facebook and Instagram to the area that that person was murdered or missing and set the age range for um, like people that would have been in that demographic. So what you could do for Rushton is set targeted Facebook ads because Facebook is where these older people are going to be set targeted ads to looking for any information on anybody whose family worked at the Rushton factory or Uh who has any information and set it to the Atlanta area, like try and find where the factory was and set them to that area to see if you get any hits of like information. That's interesting. I don't know. I, we should just go down there. Let's go. Let's get in the car. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Road trip. Cause there has to be, I mean, there has to be. Well, I mean, come on. It can't just disappear. Or was it in like a, like Mary was a time bandit and she was just like bye I gotta move to my next I don't know it's very interesting and it it causes this thing and I'm sure this is what started for you where it's like in my brain my brain's just like there has to be some nugget that's gonna kick down another door that's gonna tell me well yeah something else about this world yeah you know I just thought Maybe everyone died off and there's, I won't find anything anymore. And the the best I can do is hope for people to send me articles. Right. Well, I also think too, like, you know, uh, say for instance, speaking of like the nineties toys being popular right now, like what if there's somebody that's like, like looking for information on fucking Furbies or something. Right. And they're like, what did they originally look like? And how did you get them? And where were they sold? And they're like, I don't know. And then we're just sitting here like, oh, fucking Furbies. Yeah. Toys R Us. Like like that disconnect yeah, of yeah. like to us, they're really special. And to somebody else, they were just mom's job. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. Like the daughter, she probably was just like, oh, good. Mom's gone. I don't have to do this anymore. Okay, Maybe more. she hated it so much that she just was like. I don't know. I think she loved it. But I mean, she could have also been like she was helping her mom and it was the end of the career for both of them. Like they would. 
And I'm sure rubber toys were not as popular in the 80s. I don't know. Yeah. Monchi Chi. Monchi Chi's had rubber toys. But, but one, the one, one family member who I was talking to um, through eBay said that their, so, their toy sales started to decline. Mm-hmm. And so I, they probably didn't make as many. They probably weren't, maybe they weren't making as much of a profit. And that was just kind of the company was slowly dying off. So when Mary died, they probably just let it go. Yeah. I mean, it, logically that that was like almost 60 years right that she was making dolls so mm-hmm. you're gonna get to that point you're like i just want to not look at a doll face for yeah. a while <laughs> um when in the timeline did the santa come to play because he is was my introduction to Rushton. um i, can I don't know when they exactly came out but I have I have two Santa's, Santas. I got the Coca Cola one, oh my and then I have a mini one. So I don't know which one came first. I'm Googling. I don't know when they decided to make the pink ones because those are kind of cool. So from this brief look here, <laughs> this mid episode curio corner, <laughs> um, <clears throat> it looks like there was a timeline in the Santas of like early in the 30s to the 50s. So there's different variations of the Santa. Like there's where they start to get like the later 50s faces with like the big caricature anthropomorphic stuff looks to be um, closer to the 54, 56. And then the earlier ones with the little bit spookier face and a little more of like an unkempt beard looks to be earlier like 40s so it would follow that same progression from what this very brief google search um of that like the simple face sculpt and paint and then moved into from what i can see it is i'm because i'm on my own website looking at the timeline here and i go based off of you know what i saw in the catalog of that year and i didn't, now that I think about it, I haven't seen any Santas in any of them. You can prove me wrong. It's okay, because I'm probably wrong. Um, it's just, yeah, it's very... Let's see. So there's a tag here, because I know this has something to do with the timeline. It says, one of the Santas is a tag, Russian Star Creations. That was one... That falls into a timeline, doesn't it? Yes, because they didn't have... It wasn't until honest i don't know exactly which date maybe it was around 1955 that they started marking their toys as star creations because mm. i know it. by 1957 for sure they were they had the star creations label on them we'll have to look we'll we'll dive a little deeper into this in the All curio right. corner the santa mythology with rushton's and see if we can find out and like, did they make them all year or was it just a holiday? Yeah. See, things I don't know. God bless it. No, that nobody knows this shit because that's how my fucking brain works. It's like, <laughs> hey, let's ask the question that's not going to be easy to Google. I mean, I would assume that whenever, because Christmas is a big deal and everybody wants Santa. So if you have the opportunity to make a Santa as early as possible, you're probably making Santas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. I just, I just don't know when they started making Santas. Well, and that's, yeah. Who does? And like, when did they, you know, were the colors always a thing or was that like a special limited edition, like the Coca-Cola? Yeah. I don't know. Why do you keep looking at me? I don't know, Sam. Just so I'm not alone. (laughs) 
So you, cause you know how my brain works. This is, uh, everybody listening. This is your homework for the rest no of kidding. the holiday I'm break. hoping this reaches somebody and then they'll be like, Oh, I hope I get a, a I know. strongly worded DM on Instagram. <laughs> says actually Sam. Um, speaking <laughs> of Instagram, before we get into today's estate sale walkthrough, where can our listeners find all of the goodies that we've mentioned? Today. My name on every platform is going to be Cute Kitch. So it's it's spelt weird, K-E-W-T-K-I-T-S-E-H. You got my YouTube, my Instagram, that's my Etsy. Yes. I love it. And well, oh, oh, we, we blew over the most important aspect of your work. Shame on me. Oh. You create little cutie baby faces. Please, yeah. please tell us about your work. Before we get into the estate sale, we have I can't wait to own one of those cute little bastards. They are adorable. Tell us a little bit about what you make. So it started by, uh, I just wanted to make a purse. So I made a bear face and I stuck it on the purse and I painted it and I tried to make it look like a rubber face and everyone loved it and everyone wanted them, but I hate sewing. So I thought, let me just make the face and let me do something with it. Maybe you can hang it on your wall. And that's how that started. I started making tons of, I wanted to make them. Because I know they're, well, especially now, they're really expensive. They're they're ridiculously expensive now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. So I was making them so that other people could have something rushed in without spending like $500. You could spend $40 and have, you know, like a replica of their face on yeah. your walls. And it's cheaper. It's a cheaper option. And they're darling. And I was just thinking, I was like, I have a bunch of those like medium sized embroidery hoops that I got in a state sale, I should send to you. Cause I just found them for super cheap and I don't need them. I'm not embroidered. <laughs> so I don't need them, um, but they're darling and they're, thank you. They're so cute and kitschy and like perfect. And you really do capture the likeness of the Rushton face. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. I was always hoping Mary's spirit would come through me as I'm painting them. I, I want to become her. Yes. She's like, guide her hand for the lashes. Yeah. She's like, nope, nope. Over a little. There you go. A little more rouge round <laughs> that cheek. Perfect. Eyelashes suck the most. I hate doing eyelashes. So I'm always hoping some spirit will come in and help me help with these eyelashes. Whisp it. It's just mirroring those bastards, right? Oh, I know. The way, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, no. They're cousins, not twins. <laughs> cousins, not twins. Leave, yeah, leave them be. You know what? When I, okay, so I draw my eyebrows on. I don't know if you can tell, but I tried, I've seen that online. They're like, your eyebrows are cousins, not twins. I don't know, not twins. They're cousins, not mm-hmm. twins. So I'm like, all right, they don't look exactly the same today, but I have to remember that. They're going to just be wiped off at the end of the day anyway. So I think they, they're very symmetrical. Yeah. And also my brain is not going like, which one's fucked up? Which one is? I, no. I know, right? People people aren't like going at my work looking, oh, this girl, let's look at her fucking eyebrows. They're like <laughs> fucked up today. Oh, they're good. They don't even look. She's ugly now. They don't even look the same. Girl, I feel the same way because I have to fill in my eyebrows and one always gets a little bushier than the other. And I'm just like, mm. well, that is the bush- bushy cousin today. Well, and just because it's my fucking brain. You know, your face is like split, right? The hemispheres of your brain, right? Your body split. split. <laughs> Left to right, masculine, feminine. So one side of your face lends to the masculine side. One airs on the feminine side, which is why one eyebrow is always a little higher and one is a little more straight across. You know what? I would believe that because <laughs> like, half of my body is different from the other half. It's kind of interesting. I mean, so we're I not going to get. I always thought. 
I said this. I said, one side of my body is my mom's side and the other one is my dad. I've never told anyone that before. <laughs> now you say that, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's also why for the people with breasticles, they're different, right? And things are different. Like one foot is bigger than the other. Well, it also goes for the testicles too. Yeah. Does it? Jill in the nurse realm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you, know. you got one hanger, one, one upper. upper. I did. I did a little bounce in my seat, like I'm going up. Um, there you go, everybody. You're Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, but yeah, that's why your face is um, aligned differently. It's because of that. Like, I always liked one side of my face more than the other. So I I prefer my right side, which I think is my more feminine. Look at this arch of this brow. Trying to think when I do my selfies, it's always the right. this side, no. and then. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Left. You're here. Yeah. I mean, both are good, but if I'm going to pick, let us know on Instagram what <laughs> side of your face you take pictures of on this week's Mothball Prophecies Selfie Corner. Uh, okay. So they can find you online at Cute Kitch. We will and please also, do, guys. Look please. at her stuff. It is adorable. And your YouTube, it has a tour of her room. It's chef's kiss. So cute. Um, Please, yeah, go look. Of course, we will have everything tagged on the Mothball Prophecies Instagram, as well as linked to all of her goodness on um, our website. And if you have any Rushton tips or any type of Rushton family history, please yes. reach out yes. to her or us. We will forward the messages if you're hearing this, please, because we gotta. We all need to know now. And I can put it all on the website so that everyone will know things. That's and right. Not yes. Confused. That's right. Well, it is now time for my favorite part of the show. All right. And it is it's the last episode of the year. Okay. Wow. So I didn't I did not come to play. I'm not apologizing <sighs> this week. It was a lovely friendship we've built over the last hour, but this might destroy it. <clears throat> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It sounds like talking a big game. But um For those of you that are new to the show, every week on the Mothball Prophecies, we have an imaginary estate sale walkthrough. It's either an estate sale, an antique store, somewhere in the world. Or we go back in time. Yep. We got one of those today. Um, (laughs) With each estate sale walkthrough, all of the items are real. They are not made up or manufactured. They all exist in the world, and some are even for sale today. Yes, because Sam will send me the links. Afterwards, usually. And with each scenario, there will be one to two options, two to three options for you to pick from. You can only pick one. You are allowed to find your own loopholes and your own ways to cheat. We will not help you with that. That's your own thing. Also, all of the items will work in your space. No item is too big. No item is too small. Um, It is your perfect color, your perfect one, the one you're after every time. That's why I hate this. So if you think, let's get in, that's not going to work in this space. It's going to work if you want it to work. All right. All right. We'll start off. We are in your neck of the woods going to this marvelous estate sale in a McMansion. You know, one of those (laughs) beautiful babies built in the 90s. We have a couple that's retiring, splitting their time between now Arizona and Idaho. But they're getting, they're selling their Florida house. They are moving and so we're headed in. We got our Crocs on. We are dolled up. We got our bags. We're ready to go. All right, let's do it. We walk into the home and we notice the living room is filled with those Sam's Club tables, the plastic banquet tables. <laughs> and in all of the bags on the table are collections of 
different toys ranging in every decade. Oh, fuck. But we noticed something in particular. There is a full bag of Tamagotchis and Gigapets. <laughs> or there is a full bag of the Tiger Game electronic games, and the one sitting on top is the Little Mermaid. Now, these were the little handheld games before Game Boys that had very simple yep. directions. Do you choose? We will start with you, cutie. The bag of Tamagotchis and Gigapets or the bag of Tiger Games? I love Tamagotchi and Gigapets, and I still have mine, and I have my Gigapet. My Gigapet was the first, like, virtual toy I ever had. I'm going with the Tamagotchis and the Gigapets. <laughs> That's a good choice. Uh, Jill. Hey, why? I just had them both, and I left them both. I stuck mine to school all the I time. I still remember my Little Mermaid game. You mm. fucking hate you. Um, the universe still told me. Yeah, sure it did. <laughs> How can I piss Jill off today? Easy. Um, I'm going to go with Little Mermaid. Oh, I am surprised. But good choice. See, I hate it when you say that because then I'm like, no, damn it. I, I just think I you know them. you, but you're like an enigma. Well, I grew uh, up Disney. So. Also going Tamagotch. Gigapet. Yeah, I knew you were going that way. Yeah, I also, while looking these up, there was one currently being bid on on eBay, and it was at one hundred and forty-five dollars. Which one? I don't. It was like one of the clear ones, like the clear babies. You're like, hold up, (coughs) who? Wait, what? I had one, and I loved that little shit, and I took it to school with me, and I got in trouble, and she died. Me too. Oh my god. Trouble at school. I brought my gigapet kitty, and the teacher saw, and she took it away from me. She's like, "Don't bring it back here again." She my next time I'm throwing yeah. garbage. My sister <gasps> would always give me hers to take care of. That's like, so bullshit. I had two tamagotchis Sorry, I was me. trying to take care of at the same time. <laughs> oh no! Which and I, then, like, it would be like, "Shit, I can only feed one." Well, mine's getting fed. You talk about dying. foreshadowing, Jill. Jill has <laughs> twins. <laughs> Here's two Tamagotchis. I know. It's true. (laughs) All right. Okay, good. All right. Next room, we have several pieces of furniture to choose from. And like I said, they'll fit. Do you choose from the complete French provincial vanity or the complete waterfall art deco vanity? I go first. Yeah. Oh, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love, love, love both of them, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with my furniture style. I'm going with like the French provincial Baroque thing. I already got that theme going on. We're gonna stick with it. That's yeah, a good choice. That's a good choice. I'm gonna go the waterfall. I am only because it is gaudy in the best way, and I have had a waterfall vanity. I'm going with the Provence because I just love how over the top. It is for the time, like specifically like 50s, 60s French provincial. See, I couldn't go that way because I could hear my husband like, what, yeah. what are we doing with and that? And my husband would just be like, no, this checks out. <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Okay. Our last stop includes a bit of time travel. Okay. We're going to hop in the DeLorean. We got to go back in time and we're headed to the height of Russian popularity. It's a it's a fair one, okay? Is it though? You <laughs> can pick one Russian toy to watch the production of start to finish. One of the oh. toys. How well, is that fair? I because I could have made her fucking pick a toy to just have. Like that's all you get. That's not as like that's not even better. 
I know. I feel like it's generous. It's the holiday season. It's generous. <laughs> Who do you pick to watch start to finish? Oh, man. She's looking I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at all my toys here. <laughs> Gray, if you have some uh, sad thinking music. You know what? Okay. I actually would like to see the production of their earlier toys from before 55 and, and under because there's not many of them. They're not produced the same way. And I just want to watch them paint the crappy paint style on them because they were really bad. But yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with their really Ooh. early toys. Ooh, this good is job. a good, good job. I feel like you could learn a lot in that. Yeah. That nice job. High five. Thanks. <laughs> nice job. Okay. Jill? Um, I don't. I think the little octopus. Mm-hmm. Just because I love his cute little face. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, I just want to see how they molded the face. And then they were like, nope, the cheeks aren't round enough. Let's make a little more. Also, the whole head sculpt. Because yes, it's not the just whole the front head. face. And like, I did think about eyebrows. that. Yeah, I mean, I assume they probably have the head. And they just like airbrush it. And then they go in with the details. And yeah. yeah. He's just so stupid looking. That's a good. I love him so much. That's a good one. Um, hmm, Who do I go with? I think I would like to see either the cow. Oh, yeah. Or there's this hideous one that's like so ugly it's cute, which would be the whale. Oh, yeah, the whale. I don't love the whale. No. I don't hate the whale, but I don't love the whale. <laughs> he is. I, I will show you. I will post a picture of the whale. But oh, I would just like to hear some. <laughs> hear somebody. That's the name. That's the name they gave Bubbles the whale. I would like to hear the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The rationalization down production of them just (laughs) constantly convincing the next person like that it's going to be the next big thing and it's so cute. (laughs) We'll just give it half of like a rubber body and Mm -hmm. then the the half of it will just be fur. It's, oh, sweet Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And I feel like he could have tilted his head up a little bit. I want to know, like, I feel like this came before the octopus, and then somebody was like, no, we got to... Yeah. It didn't? And, and they were, so they were, the octopus, the whale, and the fish were all made at the same time, I think in 1960, mm-hmm. and they were part of the... Um, what? Like, was it SeaWorld sea or SeaWorld? Marineland. It's funny, the ad yes, just yeah, came that up. that was uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How do you... How do you... How? Do we want okay. to hear the original advertising verbiage? <laughs> well, we do. Also, the picture of him, he also has a harness on, which is like, you can't put a harness on a whale. That is, I thought that was weird. <laughs> you can't, we don't know what he's into, but I'm assuming. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> this is from the original Rushton ad. Rushton joins with Marineland of the Pacific to capture the unusual in toys, which they nailed it. They yeah, did. they did. Mm-hmm. 100%. <clears throat> Research into the dark mysteries of the sea brings to light three most unusual toys at attractions. Each a lovable creature or caricature of spectacular marine life as shown in the world's largest fishbowl. Marine land of the Pacific. It's all in caps. The Russian creations of Goldie Fish, Omar the Octopus, and Bubbles the Whale. 
capture in colorful fashion all the breathtaking excitement surrounding these rare specimens of the deep. Which, okay, there's lots of misinformation in this advertisement. (laughs) The marine land water babies are beautifully made with vinyl faces, plush, and felt trim. Furnished in one size to retail for three ninety eight. Mm. Send today for catalog featuring nineteen sixties most unusual soft cuddly toy creations. Wow! My favorite, my favorite thing is that they called the fish Goldie Fish, and it's not gold. It's at not all. at all. And it's it looks at like all. a lion. It's like fish. a striped fish. It's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Here's the thing. Somebody made Omar, and then the somebody two other people were like. Pfft think that's cute watch what i can do and then it was just like no like oh the new guy made another toy (laughs) you're like oh god and this has the sales offices listed as new york chicago and los angeles wow wow that's nightmare making you're welcome uh thank you so much yes for sitting down with us today this was an absolute fucking riot and i loved it is it's perfect thank you i felt like we could have just talked more about 90s toys the whole time and like betty spaghetti and tamagotchi mm-hmm. you know <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not writing it I off mean, yet i know it's it still plenty of time quick question though have you yeah. guys heard of a website called uh, i think ghost ghost of the doll no. it's like a website for all 80s 90s toys and toys that like were in the 90s that no one knew about or forgot forgotten about just, i think it's called ghost of google that you're gonna have fun i'm doing it's that great. today during nap time yeah. I'm doing it. I'm Pretty doing sure. it. Thank you so much. Um, I cannot wait to see where the research goes, what we find from here. Because um, this is a marvelous and worthwhile endeavor. Yes, it is. So I'm going to put everything I can behind it. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your joys with us today. This was truly special. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you so much. To hear even more about the items we talked about today with Cute Pitch, stick around for this week's Curio Hello, we're back from our little break. Just a tiny break, Just much a, needed break. Yes, first break we have taken since starting the Mothball Prophecies. Uh, has it really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And I wonder I, I feel off. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I have two left feet, like trying to, I was laying in bed last night and I was like, oh my God, tomorrow's Sunday. And I was like, I still haven't written the show. And I was like, you don't have any interviews yet. But I was like, what? And I woke up and here we are. I know. My my husband's like, what time do you have an interview today? I'm like, shit, do I? <laughs> no, I don't. No, not today. <laughs> Next week we do, but not today. Not today. Not so, today. Welcome yeah. back. Which welcome. is good because my team's playing later. So Who are your teams? Good thing we don't have. My team is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I knew that. I did know yeah, that. I feel like a bad boyfriend. I did know that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, your I live vicariously through your football watching. Yeah. Cause I haven't had cable in a very long time, but uh not a sports house. I would watch sports. I love to watch football and basketball, but Yeah. No, we're dwindling down. The last game of college is Monday. And then we're on to the NFL playoffs. I'm hoping my team makes it. Far, How are they we'll doing see. this year? Uh, they had a slow start, but they started picking up pace. Good. So they better win today. We'll see. I don't know. Who are they playing? The Rams. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like. Is it the Los Angeles Rams now? The Los Angeles. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I I am doing laundry today and doing some behind the scenes stuff, drawing something spectacular. Oh my God. Just know he is super cute. He's just adorable. Stupid little idiot. Stupid little idiot. And also uh, refereeing between a toddler and two kittens now. For those of you that missed it, we got two cats, two long-haired black kitty cats for my son who is turning four this month. And we were just going to get one and we ended up with two because, I mean, two long-haired black cats, you can't not do that. I mean, why not? Further perpetuates that I may be a witch. So let's keep it going. Yeah. And uh, we have started kind of briefing our child about like what you would name a cat. <laughs> and so I we asked him. We said, what would you, what would you name a kitty? And he said, like, without any hesitation, PRTS bathtub Washington. (laughs) And I laughed so hard because I was like, first, where did that come from? And he stuck with it. I have tried for a week to move him away from PRTS bathtub Washington. What did you ever like? What is PTRS? stand for did so, he ever tell you no i asked so we came up with public regional transportation supervisor bathtub I mean, washington that's, you know that's a mouthful but yeah it's like a, let's make it so i can't wait to take them to the vet so he goes by bathtub for short and the other one i named binks because i'm not going to do that to two cats rolled around some other ideas of famous political figures and water features Nope, went with Binks because I'm not going to go up here. TS Bathtub Washington and Benjamin Fawcett are here for their physicals, <laughs> kitty physicals. Not doing that. So I spent uh, the last couple of days moving house plants and looking for launch opportunities to vintage. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, I moved my pheasant to a different part of the house because back of the couch. Oh. To pheasant yeah. was not a long distance. And, uh, you know, I learned from Brandy Beetle that if you have animals, they'll find your taxidermy. So now all the taxidermy is on one wall without any things by it. So <laughs> Like a barb fence between them and the cats. I know. And I got to get a cat tree. And I'm like, where the fuck do I put that? I just picture them like lining up shots. You remember like, that first game, like the paper flicking game on the iPad? Yeah. That's yeah. what I imagine them doing from their cat tree. Just like. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what they're going to be doing. So needless to say, the basement door will remain shut at all times. <clears throat> so yeah, that's, that's what's new in the world of the mothwall prophecies. We just kind of turned off, enjoyed our family time. It was marvelous. We did. It was really nice. And we got to introduce you guys to a wonderful ray of sunshine in cute kitsch today. Oh, she was just so darling. Mm -hmm. And if you're a part of the Patreon, you can see the video of her interview, which is a lot closer to what an interview actually looks like. Yeah. Raw. Pretty close. Uncut. Some stuff is cut out, but you can see all of her collections. She was so darling to walk us around her room and show us while talking all of the pieces she was bringing up. Yeah, and that was super. I mean, her collection was just so cute. Mm. It really opens my eyes to just be like, you know what? Like, just get the ridiculous stuff. Just do it. Oh, for sure. Which is ridiculous to some, right? Like, I don't think her collection is ridiculous, but... Like there would, in my life, people would be like, why are you going to collect all of those things? And I'm like, what things? I love this. 
little things for instance. I, yeah, I know. Like my brass animal collection has gotten a little larger and my husband's like why are you collecting these and I'm like I don't know they're so cute they just they just call to me mm-hmm. and they want to live with us there's this uh Facebook marketplace posting for a brass snail <gasps> mm-hmm. he's very cute and it's very cute but we didn't I mean most of the stuff that we wanted to cover with her we covered during her episode so we just thought we'd bring up a couple of little fun factoids here that we spoke about two things in particular heavily in this episode. (laughs) One of them was the Powerpuff Girls and the other one was rubber and rubber faced things. Yes. And so it was funny when she brought up the Powerpuff Girls, I was just like, I remember them. (laughs) That, That came about the time where I was a little too old to watch cartoons, but still wanted to watch cartoons because it was adorable. Um, but for those who don't know, the Powerpuff Girls is an American superhero animated television series created by animator Craig McCracken and produced by Hanna-Barbera um, for the Cartoon Network. And the show centers on Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup, who are three kindergarten-aged girls with superpowers. The girls all live in a fictional city of Townsville with their father and creator, a scientist named Professor Utonium. They work in kindergarten? <laughs> I, know, I read that too. I was like, wait a minute. I was thinking it, it's like the fucking PJ masks. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with this. Um, but then it was funny because uh, I got this off uh, Wikipedia, but it said uh, McCracken originally developed the show in 1992 as a cartoon short entitled Whoop-Ass Stew. <laughs> I'm going to start using it as a threat. If you don't watch your tone, you're going to get a hot bowl of Whoop-Ass Stew. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, three girls coming at you, that that's all like. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, but, you know, following the name change, Cartoon Network featured the first Powerpuff Girls pilot and its animation showcase program world premiere tunes in 1995 and 1996 the series made its official debut as a cartoon cartoon on november 18 1998 with the final episode airing march 25th 2005 mm. i did not know it lasted that long it's a long run but the, yeah the little girls were just so adorable and cute and because there's watched blossoms bubbles and buttercup and they, I mean, were similar to like the Spice Girls, like the same kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that whole girl power came out at the same time. And mm-hmm. so we all, all of us fell in love with those three little Darlene cherubs. So cute. So kitschy, right? Yeah. There was another, what's the name of the, okay. So there was Mojo Jojo, which Mojo oh, yeah, yeah. Jojo. Um, and then you had Fuzzy Lumpkins. Oh my God. Uh, Princess Morbucks, Miss Keen, Mask Scara. This was the the baddies, right? The villains. Yeah. But there's one that's my favorite. And why isn't he coming up on the top of the list? Oh my gosh. Hold on. It was, he's a villain, right? And, oh, here's his name. Him. His name's Him. And he was like the, I would say he's like set after a devil, right? And he's like all red with pink and he has like big lobster claws and huge patent leather platform, like heel thigh boots. 
It was my favorite. Yeah, the Powerpuff Girls. I used to watch Cartoon Network probably more than I watched any other like network for cartoons other than Saturday morning stuff. I just yeah. watched a lot of that and like Adult Swim, like late night Cartoon Network. Love Robot Chicken. I don't see. I didn't watch any of those. It's okay. So I was getting ready to pretend to be an adult, mm-hmm. which is it's fine. Which I'm still pretending to be an adult, mm-hmm. so there's that. Now the only cartoon I probably really watch is Bob's Burgers. It's like my comfort show. <laughs> I watch it, just put it on in the back room and laugh at the inside jokes. Um, but the other interesting thing that we've talked about extensively in different ways on the show is rubber, right? Mm-hmm. It's in lots of things. It was, as we've learned the progression of some vintage and like we have like, you know, Bakelite, Celluloid to plastic, to lucite, to all of that stuff. Here's a brief history on rubber. So rubber was first discovered by that dipshit Christopher Columbus. Oh, yeah. Um, when he was visiting Haiti in the 1490s. I was going to say, did he just, like, he just stole it. It's, sure, probably. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. And uh, he was watching the indigenous people, the natives of Haiti, play with a bouncy ball. Or there was a French astronomer in 1736 that was sent to Peru by his government and uh, returned the samples of a white fluid consistency with the consistency of honey. So just some people from outward places colonizing, finding rubber, right? So rubber in America, though there was those stories, right? They have great likelihood of being true. The one that has the most impact was related to a very familiar name in the American culture, which is Charles Goodyear. This is not the Charles Goodyear that founded the Goodyear Tire Company. Oh. You would think, but it was not. The company was named after Charles, and it didn't go into business until years after his death. He actually never made any money from discovering rubber and learning how to vulcanize it. He really? died a poor man. Mm-hmm. So it started after he walked into like a hardware store at the time in the 1830s to buy a life preserver, which is surprising for the 1830s. After his purchase, he was obsessed with this material and how it could be useful. There was nothing like it before this, right? Right. And shortly after that, he was granted um, a U.S. government contract to make rubber mailbags. But while making them, he realized that they started to decompose pretty rapidly because rubber has two problems. It's sticky when it's not in rubber form and it gets hard as soon as it's turned into rubber. Like if you've ever found an old rubber toy or a boot mm-hmm. or anything like that, it just crumbles in your hand. Then they had, so even though merchants are known to use rubber and clothing and shoes since the 1820s, it wasn't until he accidentally discovered the process to cure the entire mass of rubber rather than just the outside, which is what made it work right, but it was disintegrating. In 1839 is when he did this. But like I said, he died a poor man. He was granted the U.S. patent in 1844 for his discovery, but he would not make any money off of it. And he died in 1860 before it was really used in production. So while he was making his discoveries in America across the Atlantic ocean, another inventor named Thomas Hancock was doing the same. He would later be given credit for the name Vulcanization, which was said to come from the God Vulcan of Roman mythology. I did not know that Mr. Hancock. He also invented an internal mixture, which would simplify the adaptation of rubber to other textiles. So like inside of a glove, 
things like that. Hmm. As the popularity of rubber and the demand increased, so did the problems associated with gathering natural rubber. Unfortunately, rubber farmers were ruthlessly exploited, while supply and transportation became a major issue. It is said that in 1876, an Englishman gathered seeds from Brazil and returned to England. Seeds were dispersed to the Far East as well. The action began the increase of rubber tree farms across the world. Again, problematic. Uh, The rubber industry, quickly. John Dunlap of England in 1889 produced the first commercially successful tire for bicycles and later created the first automobile tire in 1906. This was as the auto industry began taking off and rubber continued to grow in popularity. With the progression of World War II, it showed the vulnerability of rubber supplies as many countries struggled to get enough rubber to produce weapons and supplies. And that's where you see through all sorts of vintage at this time, Mm -hmm. that stuff stopping being made and everything being used. And this was where chemists across the globe were trying to invent an artificial version of rubber, which would be called synthetic rubber. In 1910, history tells us that the Russians were the first to prepare a synthetic rubber called polybutadine or butadine. The Germans would follow 20 years later with a commercial rubber called uh, Buna hyphen S. So it's styrene butadiens copolymer. In the United States, a research and development project was initiated by the government along with the industry to develop styrene butadine rubber, or as the reference now known as SBR. Um, Here's some quick facts on rubber and its introduction to the modern world. In 1931, DuPont produced Duprene, which is now called neoprene. Oh! 1934, Germans created an oil-resistant rubber called Buna-N or pure Bunin. In 1940s, butyl rubber was manufactured. 1950s, DuPont released Hypalon and Viton. Bayer produced polyurethane. In the 1960s, ethylene propylene terpolymer rubber or epdm was created also shell created isoprene rubber and goodyear produced natsin and polyisoprene so there's lots of like thermal plastic elastomers that were invented across this time of materials that behave like rubber and soften like plastic all of these inventions have a significant impact on the rubber industry and what we use for rubber today which is as you see as we talked to her today there was this progression of her starting with cloth dolls and then moving mm-hmm. to rubber face toys, but also rubber itself changing over the course of the production of rubber face toys and squeaks and all of that at that time. Right. And that's where you start to see toys being made out of vinyl or other types of polymers that what we learned during the fifties, that rubber being a natural commodity was probably needed to find a new alternative. And that's the more, true. you know, stars go off above my head. I know. <laughs> it's very interesting. And I I love just the little bits that we've learned about the history behind the making of these items. Mm-hmm. It really scratches my brain. Yeah, it's just interesting to see the progression. And especially like when a major event, like worldwide event happens and how it changes the materials. It makes you think like, what is this pandemic going to do mm-hmm. down the line with, you know, current materials yeah you know like uh and just the waste that's been created and the restructuring of like the use of that and all of all of those things i know it's made like as a gardener and somebody who like cans sometimes and does all those things i have noticed a huge resurgence in like preparedness maybe that's just because of where we live 
but like people wanting to grow their own food and people wanting to you know, better understand where things come from. And I learned everything on YouTube. Like if you're looking to do that in the new year, I learned everything about gardening from YouTube. Everything. Yeah. You are uh, better at it than I am. I don't have patience. It's fine. I'll teach you. I just, I just take your overabundance. This is true. You do. Cause we plant too big of a fucking garden. I say we, and I mean my mother, she doesn't listen. So she'll let me know. <laughs> Anyways, that was all we had today for Miss Cute Kitsch. Be sure to head over to our Instagram to see all of the darling images. If you're interested in joining our Patreon to see the video interview, there are links in our bio under the link tree with everything listed there. As always, I hope you find some good shit. And I hope you remember to looking under the tables. Bye. See ya.